it's something I've been thinking uh, thinking more about because I have a shit ton of collectibles. Johnny, I know you have a lot of collectibles. Um, you know my story. And and yeah, you have a few. Um, yeah, I would say so. What's your uh, what's your um, crown jewel? What's the collectible of all collectibles that you have? Crown jewel. Uh, because it's hard for me to pick one. Like I, I have, I have a lot of stuff. I have dinosaur poop. Okay. It's um, it was a birthday gift actually this year from my brother. It's called Copperlite, and it's it was uh, found in like uh, Madagascar, but my brother ordered it online. But yeah, it's uh, fossilized uh, dinosaur poop. Dates back did you to tell like him, the Jurassic era. Did you tell him that that gift was shit? I did. Good. But it was also one, probably one of my favorite gifts I've got from him. So, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Although, granted, I don't collect fossils, but I've thought about it. Like, there's a there's a place here in Florida. I think I might have told you about it, but I'm not sure. Um, it's over by like Fort Myers, where you can just pay for like a permit, and you can just go there and just freely look for fossils in this area in this like riverbed area and it's they found stuff like mammoths and mastodon fossils anything from like the ice age um eras and then also just like megalodon shark teeth and stuff like that the only the only restrictions that they have is that if you find any like archaeological finds like pottery arrowhead stuff like that to leave those be or um you know put them back where you found them so that way archaeologists can come across them but anything that's paleontological uh it is essentially like up for grabs in that area i'll just try to find the link for you that nice. feels kind of yeah. dumb if it's like hey i found this it's not your job to find that put it back <laughs> put that son of a bitch back well i think part of it is the fact that with when it comes to that since it's more recent and more into like human studies and stuff like that and they're trying to figure out like say Native American uh, tribe movements or something or you know if there's anything more it's important to leave that kind of stuff where it is so that way when and that way when archaeologists archaeologists can come back to it they know how to scope out the area to try to find more stuff based on what kind of civilization was living in that Dude, area. someone's going to do that, though. Someone's going to find one of those things that they get told they have to put it back, and they're going to draw dicks on it before they put it back. Oh, 100%. I mean, that that's just that's the sad, harsh everything. reality of it. But there is a genuine hope that the majority of people that are there are, are understand like what's going on and stuff. So I mean, if you pull, if someone were to take it out and move it and then put it back, it's already a tainted site, so it shouldn't right. matter. I think, I don't know. I think it it's it, it's not something that I'm too caught up in reading, but it, I do know about like um, they will talk to troops um, when they were deployed in Afghanistan and in Iraq that if they came across any archaeological sites that they would uh, tag the locations and leave, try to leave them be as best as they can and stuff like that because um, obviously with how much they patrol and move about in those regions it it's more than likely in those locations that they will come across something but it's a, it's something that I have to do a bit more reading as to like what the actual procedures and expectations are on that I feel like they would be the worst offenders though <laughs> like 
they would be the ones to definitely draw dicks on stuff, well, but with guns. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, but we never really <clears throat> did answer your question as to the crown jewel thing, though, did we? Uh, no. But dinosaur poop, I mean, uh, <laughs> you don't ne- necessarily collect dinosaur poop, but it, can one thing be a collection? I Honestly, I it's probably either that or the um, the Mass Effect N7 helmet that I got this year was pretty cool. Right. Johnny, I know you have a lot. You've probably just been like, turn like spinning in your chair, like looking honestly, around. Like honestly, as far as collectibles, a lot of stuff I have, I'm not as big on anymore. I don't really care nearly as much. Um, I managed to separate ways with a lot of stuff and started unloading it. So now I've just got little statues here and there and stuff I don't mind having. I've got a bunch of collector's editions I'm probably always going to keep. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really huge, but last year I did get the. Uh, the um, a couple of Final Fantasy um, Ultimania volumes, so I have one through three of those just to be able to read through them at some point, which I probably never will. Um, I don't know. As far as like dope collectibles, though, the wife and I both have. Uh, as far as pop vinyls, um, we'll probably never get rid of the Hot Topic guy because that was one that was created and given only to Hot Topic employees back when we worked there, and that's where we met. So that's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, they're still they're going for a decent amount. Yeah, it's just the <laughs> hot topic guy. I had customers that when I worked at GameStop found out that I had them. Well, found out that we had them and were just like begging me for access to one. I'm like, uh, no, dude, you're not getting one. Sorry, they're ours. It's just like a, like it just looks like a, a person that would work at hot topic. Yeah, that's what it yeah. is. It's, okay, it's I the see. Hot topic guy and only they were made specifically for it. I thought they had a mascot. I was like, I was excited for a second because uh, I was like, do we have? Yeah, these were made specifically for employees, and that was it. So no one outside of there had access to one unless you were given one by an employee. Nice. I think, I think for me, if it's not something comic book oriented, because I have some pretty good, um, like, signed and graded collectible comic books. Um. Yeah, it's kind of kind of tough. Uh, I would typically I would typically go probably like the Death of the Phoenix, uh, graded comic book that I have. But I actually really like the um. I, I'm more into the art books. I think so. Uh, like there's some like I got a a couple good um art books like one for the last of us one for um, skyrim that has a lot of great like reference in it um and actually the cyberpunk art book that came with the collector's edition is really cool man i'm glad that you said that because i completely forgot about those and now i feel bad about myself but yeah any of the concept art books i absolutely love going through those the um the Skyrim Collector's Edition coffee table book. The leather is back probably thing. Yeah. still one of my favorite books. That, I love that, that thing. It's so good. Yeah, statue-wise, um, the Songbird. I have the Songbird. That one's pretty good. Um, and Molag Ball from the um, Elder Scroll Online Collector's Edition. I think we got that Songbird this from the same place. We did. Well, probably. I don't know if it was the same store. Maybe the same store. Dude, I don't remember having more than one. 
Actually, you know what? I need to go back. I do have a really dope gaming collectible that I forgot I got my hands on. I have the uh, the Shadow of the Colossus statue. Um, okay. And I That's can't remember exactly cool. which Colossus. I can't remember which one it is because I never actually played the game. So <laughs> confession. <laughs> But it was like a $200 statue that clearanced out to like 15 bucks at GameStop when I was there. So I had a friend ship it to me from three states away because he found one at a local store. <laughs> nice. That's nice. awesome. Yeah, that is that is one thing that I loved about working video game retail. When these collector's editions would sit in your store for, you know, like a year. And then they finally... It wasn't even that sometimes. But when they finally got moved from new to use... They're just like, well, you can keep all that together and sell it, but it's only going to ring up as just the game, so you're going to have you taking up all this extra space, literally, for one game. Yeah. Um, so usually they would be like, someone take this out of the store. <laughs> I, I think most of the time they want us to destroy it, right? Well, That's I, the, I the think big, I took the, the a biggest, few... Oh, go ahead. The big, the big thing was always they wanted us to try to sell it to incentivize people buying the pre-owned item, but then it didn't fucking matter because people would only show up to buy that one and, ooh, I sold one copy of the game that I still have 40 copies of would never matter. Right. So I always either did eventually buy a pre-owned copy and then return just the disc later uh, or just grab the stuff. Like, fuck it, I'm going to take the gigantic box. I know back in the day we used to be able to give things out for pre-orders and we would do, or uh, not pre-orders, um, like midnight releases. I yeah. think I got a few posters in, like, not official release posters, but like your store posters from you guys um, for a few games that way. I think I, I got think so. Assassin's Creed Unity's, uh, your window poster for that, and that was sitting in my basement for like forever and a half. I gave away nice. a bunch of shit during Destiny oh, Midnight. Yeah. Yep, Destiny. That was another one that I definitely got a bunch of stuff from you guys. That was my mid. That was my first midnight that I had ever attended or ran. Nice. That was yeah, a fun G night. GTA Five. That was a fun night. Because um, we had like a fake heist and we had to let our security guard know not to beat the shit out of <laughs> Austin's now wife who was robbing the store. <laughs> stuff oh to be the person that forgot to convey that news <laughs> yeah <laughs> just sitting behind the counter austin did you say did you mention that shannon was going to be coming in in a hoodie and you know sticking us up what <laughs> <laughs> who like he didn't set it up oh man uh, but if you guys didn't know this is the Mammoth Games cast. Uh, as always, you get the chance. Head over to facebook.com backslash mammothgamesy. Check us out. Check everything out. All top news and video game stuff over there. Uh, we appreciate all the likes, comments, and shares as well. Over on Twitter at Mammoth Games Inc. So you don't need to lie. Do jump just like this. Um, let's jump on in. Uh, we mentioned it last week. Uh, you can pick it up this week. Uh, over on Epic Games Store, you can pick up Void Bastards and Ukulele. Um for free i've been watching more people play void bastards on twitch and it looks so so good um it, as soon as this ends i'm that's what's what i'm downloading it looks phenomenal like it it, it looks unfairly good for a freebie <laughs> like out of nowhere <laughs> i'm like you know what sometimes they strike gold on this and i'm gonna take it it's it's real real good yeah hopefully it gets these guys um Hopefully it, it affords them, you know, to be able to continue to make some 
like ridiculous stuff like this. I, th that's what I love. Um, the developer is Blue Manchu, so I'm hopefully, hopefully those guys can kind of move forward and do more things like this. Like, I know right now the big thing, you know, playing Hades, uh, playing Returnal, that kind of game is very like in right now, like that, um, just that style, and. I'm not sure if this game is like that. As I said, I haven't even downloaded it or played it yet. Um, but I could see it being really, really good for that style of game. Um, you know, like a good, uh, like a good model for that style of um, like procedurally generated thing. Mm -hmm. It, it just. I think my favorite thing out of all of it is just the aesthetic. Um, not mm -hmm. only does it look very comic booky, but when you shoot and like blow up enemies, little comic book words pop up on the screen, like blorp and stuff like that. And Thud, splat. You, you, I, you win me over with dumb stuff like that every I, time. Yeah, I think that's the same reason why it looks appealing to me. It's just for that reason, just the art style and direction of it, and just the comic bookiness of it. And yeah, it, yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, and then, of course, ukulele. Uh, I think last week we said that they had given that out previously, and they may have, probably during one of those holiday... No, uh, like, last week days. is it just hit Xbox. Yeah, it's available for oh, okay. Games for Gold on Xbox as well. Because I, I went to go get Void Bastards, and I noticed I didn't have Ukulele, so I'm like, maybe they've never given that out here before. Yeah, it just, and it if just they went did, up on Xbox this past week. Okay. Um, and then uh, August 26th, those games will stop, and then we'll p be able to pick up Atama Chef, um, which looks interesting. I hadn't looked at this uh, before then. Uh, resource management puzzle where you design kitchen, program machinery, and watch your uh, genius come to life. Um, <laughs> it, it it looks it looks um, a lot like you know. Uh, like you'd imagine, like a, um, I don't want to say like two point hospital because it's not quite two point hospital, but you do basically design your own, uh, design your own kitchen. Do you have goals and things like that? This could be fun. Um, not something that I doubt like I would play for a long time, but I'd play it for a while. Um, I'm trying to think of another game that it kind of reminds me of. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I think I was thinking, like, Satisfactory, but maybe not. But go check it out free over on the Epic Game Store, whether uh, you have a gaming PC or not. recommend creating an Epic uh, account. Grab these games. So if you do get a PC, boom, you have an instant collection. Yeah, that's what add them all to your doing. library. Add them all to your library before you get your Steam, your, uh, your Steam Deck. Yeah. I mean, we know my uh, gaming PC situation, but, yeah, I been doing exactly that is if i see something free on epic that would interest me i will just add it to a library for potential usage on a gaming pc if i do it uh get one in the future if when yeah for sure all right so um jumping into the news i guess a recurring thing that we've been doing uh brian and i here have been playing um some betas we've just been jumping into random things uh, this last week we did play Diablo 2 Resurrected. Tis the season of betas and tech previews. Yeah. Um, this is uh, 
a pretty much exactly what you expect if you have played uh, like Diablo 2. Um, if you haven't, uh, like, I don't think I played a lot of Diablo 2. Uh, Brian, I think you said you didn't play any Diablo 2. No, the... Um, Prior to this, the only Diablo game I had played was Diablo three, and I, and that was over the span of the last several console generations. I played it on three sixty. I played it on the one, and at some point, I'll probably find an excuse to get maybe to get back into it in this generation. It's at least in my library, but yeah. this was the first time I have ever played Diablo two. Yeah, and. Um... I think going through like us just talking about the game, you know what we thought of it and, and how it feels. Um, if you didn't play Diablo previously, um, and this was you know you played maybe you played three or like us you played three, um, and you didn't play um, any other Diablo before that, or um, you know never played one at all. Um, this game does feel um, very deliberate. I think was what we had kind of come to the consensus on you know it, it's very um it, it's not as like random and silly as something like three or yeah. it's not as you know. stylized and over the top you have to it takes inventory a lot more seriously yeah it um mm-hmm. it it brings in a lot of like older concepts that i think kind of been thrown to the wayside um for more entertainment value and other things like with three um the the thing that also stood out for me is that we were playing on playstation 5 but the beta felt like it's definitely more maximized for a pc game because the way that you were scanning through your menu systems was much akin to if you were using a cursor with a mouse and keyboard or at least that's where it would feel like it was more optimized with Whereas yeah. you would come to expect that for a console release that things would be a little bit more fluid based on, say, D-pad controls or directional, um, or with your um, analog sticks. But in this particular case, you were, you were moving the analog stick like you would move a PC. So it felt, like you said, more deliberate, but also a little dated and a little slower pace. But I think... Part of that is also intentional because this is a remaster of a classic game. And unfortunately for two of us, we're probably just not the target audience for it because we just don't have the nostalgia for Diablo 2 versus other people. Right. Yeah, I, I played Diablo 1 a ton. Diablo 1 was my first online game. Um, I played a ton of Diablo 2 after the fact. Um, I'm probably the key target audience for this one. But in lieu of the past month or so, I won't touch a Blizzard product. So, um, unfortunately, I'm not going to sit down and, and give the beta a shot or even the game when it does drop just because I'm a stubborn jerk. Um, but yeah. from what I'm seeing, it really is just they, they wanted to maintain everything that people loved about the originals um, for good cause. Because if they did change too much, they would have gotten so much heat for it. Yeah. Um, I, you know, th- that being said... Um, yeah, even though I don't think uh, I'm the target audience, I did find myself um, even last night before I went to bed, you know, booting it up, playing it just a little bit, just to just to check it out. I really like the deliberate 
like like I said, like the deliberate actions. You have to think through the way you're really setting it up. Because yeah, then I, I, you may end up with a situation like what happened with you and I, where we decide to go into a cave, and we get to a sub-level of that cave, and we just kept dying, and losing our gear, and dying, and losing our gear, and so it, it became a race of, alright, if maybe I run over here, I can distract them, and then you go and get your loot while they're distracted with me. What were yeah. you guys playing as? Uh, I played as an Amazon. And I was a... Uh, um sorcerer yeah so i was uh poking and stabbing with javelins and spears yeah, and I, always, I had fire i always ran assassin because traps well that's so locked out yeah okay got it makes sense yeah. i i would have probably went uh assassin or necromancer um but they they yeah. locked those two classes out for the open beta yeah, and those were I the more those were the bonus classes for the DLC that came later anyway, so that does make sense. Yeah. Well, I wonder because they gave us a few options. It I was if they would have unlocked if it was barbarian, druid, sorceress, uh, Amazon, paladin. And I feel like there was one more class that was available, and then you you could see all the classes. It's just the ones that they weren't letting you access were darkened out, and you just couldn't select them. Yeah, Dru- Druid's really good too. That's the that's the solo thing I was playing with, um, and yeah, that's fun. Um, I didn't. I, I played around with uh, like the tendril. I can't tell if it's a vine or what it is. Um, passive that pretty much stays with you mm-hmm. as like a pet, and then uh, you can shape shift into like a werewolf. It's pretty fun. I, I like that. But I found myself going back, like, even though I'm not the target, maybe the target audience because of nostalgia, I found myself going back and playing it yesterday just because it does um, kind of itch. It does kind of itch that scratch that's there for something like, I, like, I want to play D&D. So it has that very, like, dungeon-crawly... Decisive. Uh, story, yeah, yeah, like, decision thing that, you know, that... that comes with D&D. Yeah, that's something that uh, was on my mind too was playing this, is that you could definitely tell how much it was inspired by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think just in this particular case, it just, it wasn't doing anything special for me, so I probably will not get this um, because I'm just not the target audience for it. Sure. And I think one of the other things is um, it, Diablo 3 didn't hit with me as as much as I think this. Mm-hmm. I, I like Diablo 3, but it, if, it's a completely different game. Oh, it, it 100% is. It's a different experience. You can tell that Diablo 3 is definitely more stylized and meant for entertaining than I think what this was for. And oh, yeah. It, it does mm-hmm. have me interested in um, Diablo Four a lot more though. Is yeah, when, is that what they D3, said? The... Oh, when D three dropped, the the same thing was happening. Where it was everyone that was so used to the older ones that liked them a lot more hated Diablo three um, because of how different it felt. Mm-hmm. So that I makes guess. total sense to have that comparison there for for both of you. Yeah, I definitely remember hearing uh, about that. It was just I was so new to the franchise that I didn't exactly have that kind of background on it and stuff so i've just been listening to what other people have been saying 
as far as like the development for uh, between the development differences between Diablo 2 versus Diablo 3 but yeah I don't know um, I think this is up until I think the, like maybe the 26th um, so it gives you some time to jump in and try it if you want to try it um, but if, if you want to uh, go the way of Johnny and boycott the Blizzard Activision stuff get that too you know yeah your, uh, that's keep your convictions that's an interesting thing that I've been kind of struggling to come to terms with of what exactly is my role and responsibility for it because I've heard I feel at this point I've heard different takes on exactly how to how do you approach this because it is a conflict you know conflicting thing of do I support this because there are developers that were a part of, you know that made the game that truly are there to do their jobs to the best of their ability and not make life a living hell for other people but it's also money for the company that was responsible for allowing that stuff to happen and that's something that I've been back and forth with of how do I go forward with things like this because it's not just this you know it's not just Activision Blizzard there's a ton of stuff with Ubisoft and I play a ton of Ubisoft games I've 100% almost every single Assassin's Creed game but the toxic culture that has been coming you know reported from that has made me starting to question do I still continue to play these games and financially reward these companies but uh, do I stop doing that but also risk you know the people that are not responsible for that not seeing you know revenue coming in for the games that they've passionately worked about too yeah this uh, th this one is um one of my friends i went to college with this is her first video game that she's worked on right. so it, it it's it, it, i i get i totally get where you're coming from and i think i do base a lot of stuff like okay do i have people that i know or acquaintances that i know that worked on this that are good people that you know this is something i've seen them post about you know for the past you know year or more well, um oh go yeah. ahead um, yeah it, it, that's just my that's just my thought on it is like where like do do i have a personal investment well it makes me also wonder how much influence does the consumer buy or hold anymore anyways especially when a lot of decisions are being made at the behest of stockholders for these companies rather than the consumers themselves yeah. so a lot of you know the hardcore gamers that are aware of these things are in tune with the news about this stuff will you know will be more than happy to you know run a boycott or something like this but there's a part of me that wonders to what extent does it actually do any good, especially given the fact that this behavior still continues to this day. And it makes me wonder is that maybe this isn't the right course of behavior, or maybe this isn't the right course of action because it stifles um, the, you know, the good developers from being able to, you know, see the rewards for their hard work. Uh, and that maybe we just need to pressure things like 
I, I'm struggling to come up with the right thought yeah, it's process. Kind of like it, like we're attacking the wrong people. Yes. I feel like when it comes down to it, though, as far as like reward for hard work, so many companies are set in ways that they make it next to impossible for that extra reward to get there anyway. Right. Um, I know we, had, well, we didn't really talk about it, but um, even Square Enix has yet to <laughs> push any kind of bonus structure or any kind of actual reward out for Outriders. I was um, just yeah. about to say that too. Um, glad that you brought that up. That so I saw that just, same exact thing. Yeah, I don't even think it's really a matter of that. So for me, like, I'm able to look at it as just like you said. A lot of it comes down to shareholders and their impact on everything. But the shareholders aren't going to care about an individual an individual development team, right. um, ever. They're going to care about overall sales, and yeah. if they see their numbers not getting hit for whatever reason they're going to try to hold people accountable and the ones they typically hold accountable are the ones that are higher up because that's the ones that they that's the only ones they know of to go yell at um, well i'm i'm wondering along the lines of in the case with activision blizzard maybe the right course of action is being taken where we're now seeing where the actual state of california is uh doing an investigation and pressing uh their law it's a lawsuit right it isn't an actual like a you know state offense charge or something it's a lawsuit correct I, i'm not exactly sure I, I know it's the state of california so I yeah just assume that it was it, it's like them versus the state right yeah so, the state's doing the inv- the state did the investigation the state did everything and other people had been doing the research on this stuff before it finally broke public for a number of years. So it, it's all going the way that it needs to, to the point where the company is even trying to keep their name uh, overall, like their big like umbrella name, off of products that are still being talked about. And we'll right. touch base on that a little bit later on too. Right. Um, but they're even trying to hide their name unless it's a place where it has to be, just so people can kind of disassociate the blinders on away from that yeah they're trying to they're trying to keep that away like you know it's it's like the idea of going up to somebody and be like yeah it looks really cool doesn't it and then you look over and see that they're wearing a name tag of the store that you're in so are they just trying to sell you on something or not so they're just covering up their name tag um well i'm wondering if that like you said is the right course of action in that our role in it is not so much not so much in the consumer process but maybe in being responsible on who we're voting in and what kind of policies we're pushing our government leaders to press for in local and state and federal levels to combat against this kind of toxic workplace and that might be the actual true effective way to essentially eliminate this mindset that is it needs to be eliminated yeah, but until we are the 70 to 80 year old people getting elected, it's not going to happen. Right. Because everything's That's... still so set in that way. You know, the people that we don't, the people that we would never hire for a regular job because they wouldn't be able to learn how to adapt to do something new are the people that get put in charge because it's just the old way. Right. And yeah, but, and that's that's the complication in it is we're dealing with an old mindset that is still well-rooted in not just the gaming industry, but in a lot of other industries. And so there's a lot of just 
I, I, I think, I'm struggling I think for the, the right thing, words here. I think the biggest thing that the the biggest responsibility that's there is kind of what we've been doing as making things public knowledge. You know, if yeah. We, if we see something that someone that's hugely representative of a company is doing as fucked up and put it out there that that's happening and they get held accountable for it, then cool. It most recently just happened with the dude from Jeopardy. Like, they... The fact that he selected himself as the host. Yeah, he got chosen, (laughs) and then some bad news came out about him beforehand saying some really, really rough stuff that he should never have said in public. Right. Um, Well, at all in the first place, but especially in public, and he (laughs) stepped down immediately, like, completely quit. Um, Right. So it's. But it's I really think I missed that. Is it just? Are, are are they finally doing the right thing? And just they're like not going to do that? that. We know they're not going to do that. Um, yeah, but it was just the whole like, that whole idea of putting on this big fake show of we're going to try to find the best possible host, and they take an executive producer and throw him in the host seat, and then some dirt comes up about him. Like, well, we're, we're getting to a point now where people are learning. Like, if you have any kind of dirt you need to just bring it out yourself or it's going to get found. Right. Because um, as soon as people aren't happy about you being in a position that you're in or someone finds a reason, the dirt's going to come out. And we're seeing that now hugely in the gaming industry because of how much it was always deep-seated there because that's the place where a lot of us always escaped to, so we just didn't think that it would be there um, as much as it really is. Mm-hmm. Well, it's weird, but... Anyway, we're we're digging into a rabbit hole. It's it's we're gonna digging. be a big deal. Yeah, we are. That's uh, and we don't even have we don't even have Austin here for this one, so he would be the one like loving this right now. Yeah. Hey, it's Brian. I hope you've been enjoying the episode. This pandemic will not end just because we reached a specific day, but when we truly stop the spread of COVID nineteen. So please wear a mask and get vaccinated. You can find out where to get vaccinated by visiting vaccines.gov. Thank you and enjoy the show. But I'm glad to, I'm glad to hear you guys were having some fun experiences with Diablo 2 because I spent hundreds of hours on it growing up. It was I, I it was installed on several computers in my high school in the math room because my friends would go after school and play with the math teacher. Like they would nice. all That's like cool. four of them would just link up and play and I would be sitting there stuck there waiting cuz I didn't have a computer and had no idea how to play anything like that. So it was just like, me waiting until they were done so that we could all leave and go somewhere else and hang out. That uh, sounds yeah. a lot like what my friends would used to do. We were talking about uh, thumb drives and if, you know, you had like a 256 meg stick or something like that, you were like king shit. And we would put things like we had this Counter-Strike 1.6 uh, no steam patched version that we put on there. And then we would just be playing that in some of our like free periods or something. Nice. I mean, all I've been playing still is Final <laughs> Fantasy games. I'm still right. digging through the Pixel remasters, trying to... Uh, well, I'm actually regaining my love for them because those quality of life improvements every week, I find another reason to like them more. Um, I'm noticing more and more people on Steam now, do or on Twitch now, doing what I wanted to do, though, which is play through the entire series. And I've been seeing a lot of people who are... This is their first experience playing a Final Fantasy game, period. And they're playing the original ones in order... And it's just really awesome to see that the Pixel remasters have made that so doable for people, um, thanks to the quality of life enhancements and the ba- the rebalances that have happened. So a- again, as much as people wanted to hate on Square for like dropping those the way they did and charging the price for them, they're really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. 
And if they do ever drop <coughs> on console, I'm going to buy them on every platform so I can get every trophy, every achievement, everything. For sure. Speaking of games that we've played a million times, uh, Skyrim, again. Hey, you're finally <laughs> awake. <laughs> you're in the like horse feet. <laughs> I feel like this game's going to take off. I feel like one of these days. I feel like this game's. Gonna I feel like this game's gonna do something. This uh, this this Beth Bethesda team. I think they're gonna. I think they got something. They think there's something good with this one. Might be a hidden gem. Could be. Uh, the new one dropping on the tenth anniversary. Um, so 11, 11, 2021. Um, will include uh, five hundred unique pieces of Creation Club content: quest dungeons, boss weapon spells. Uh, and more um, coming out for uh, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, um, and uh, you know pretty much everything again. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's also coming to Game Pass is a good thing to point out. So um, they'll get that you know basically free update with all this stuff in it. Um, you had a good joke about fishing, right? Dude, they added fishing to it, so this is just the yeah. It's the anniversary edition to a game that has fishing, and it's gonna be another dumb reason to want to play it. Oh, I hundred percent will be diving back into this game, even though yeah, we're getting the uh, we're getting the PS Five and Series X upgrades um, from the um, special edition that's already out. So if you have the PS4 or Xbox One versions, you'll get a free upgrade to the PS5 or Series X versions. Um, See, but I that's was not wondering the an- how that was happening. But that's not the anniversary edition. The anniversary edition is still a, a paid upgrade or a different that's, version. That's mm-hmm. what I thought. That's what I thought. But you get that anniversary edition, right, on Game Pass. Correct. From what I understand. So, I don't know. Something we'll definitely uh, keep an eye on and... We'll still be talking about Skyrim for the next 400 years, so... Probably. I can't yeah. wait until 10 years later when there's an anniversary edition to celebrate this anniversary edition, but not a 20th anniversary edition. That's I want that separate. to be the case. I so yeah. badly want that to be <laughs> <laughs> what happens. <laughs> oh, man. Um, another thing that was um, announced, expected, but announced, Call of Duty Vanguard. Um, launches November 5th, hitting everything, grab it on, even on PC, uh, battle.net. Um, it had, uh, a, a pretty, a, a pretty cool trailer, I guess. Um, they talked about the modes, um, you have your, um, multiplayer, they're doing for the first time ever a crossover, um, zombies experience uh you know where you'll be able to you know usually i don't think there is zombies um i think that's the thing i think typically Um, you only see zombies with the treyarch releases like the black ops right and this one yeah this one is a uh it's still led in development by treyarch um and it's continuing the dark aether storyline from um uh cold war Okay, I actually hadn't realized that. Yeah. I actually um, didn't know that there was an actual name to that storyline. Yeah, I, I, I guess there is. Um, I, I don't know, I find the the zombie story stuff just to be... It, it's... There. It could, it, could be, it could be more grounded and I think better, 
but it feels so hokey to me. Yeah. Because uh, it should be something that I enjoy. But it's not that I don't enjoy the gameplay. I just don't enjoy the, like, mythos around it. It's so weird. And I'm just like, it doesn't really hit the way that I want it to. Um, but aside from that, multiplayer is bringing 20 different maps uh, at launch. Um, 16 of them built around the core gameplay. Um, the other one's probably being, like, uh, you know, one-off maps or smaller versions of bigger maps that are already there. Um so uh that's pretty rad but the bigger thing there is a campaign um this one is uh a it, it it's to it it says um experience combat through a story um of various soldiers who come together to form task force one and set the stage for special special forces as we know it um this is set in um World War II. I uh, have four playable characters from uh, various factions. Um, they have the um, uh, Eastern and Western fronts of Europe, um, the Pacific, and North Africa. Um, so you have pretty much one person from each of those fronts. Um, so it is kind of nice to see um, like a story return. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised they. I'm surprised they're still going forward and doing it this way. I, I think this would have been a good jumping-off point to make um, like zombies a thing and multiplayer a thing, and then release, you know, like a yearly single-player thing that alters all of those. Right. We've talked about in the past that we just we've kind of been surprised that it hasn't gone the way of the free-to-play model that we've seen with so many other games of service, especially given the fact that it, it, it will allow you to have longevity. Like, the things, the guns that you earn, the accolades, the attachments, your skins, will carry through to the next iteration of whatever Call of Duty would be. You would think that that would be something that would be encouraged to go after. But my hunch right. is the fact that as it currently stands with the individual releases at, as an annual release, they're still making enough money where they don't need to change up that model yet. And I think... I just feel... I feel like they could make more money, though. Right. There, there's the always a way. risk with it, though. There's always a risk there with is. it. Um, and it comes down to the adage that I, I hear a lot, which is don't try to reinvent the wheel, just reinflate the tire. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what they're doing. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. They're able to make money hand over fist year after year doing the same thing. Um, they're they're just doing it. They're going to keep doing it that way until they have to change. Right. Um, as weirdly enough, in other areas of the gaming industry, we've talked about already. Um, that things change, just don't change, change things when they have to. It's yeah. just a matter of when that push happens. Um, one already push that I mentioned earlier is if you look at all this marketing on here. All it says is Call of Duty Vanguard, November 5th. Um, We're used to seeing way more on screen for screen grabs and for videos and everything else, so... Yeah. Yeah, It's a lot less... You don't really hear them talking about Activision Activision at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the thing that they're talking about is, like, you see it mentioned um, in in several locations where they're like uh, Sledgehammer or Treyarch or, you know, they're really, really leaning heavily 
on the developers. They're like, no, 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 it doesn't have anything to do with the big company. This is all about the little company here. Um, and that's kind of their way around it, out of it, a little yeah, bit. Even to still get the money that they, <clears throat> you know, to still try to get your money. It's almost like they're trying to make you forget about it. I feel like it's. I feel like some companies, instead of addressing the issues that we already talked about, are going to slowly progress into a, a fashion of they're going to just be the ghost that that stays back and be that unseen team that still takes all the money and hands everyone money, but they're going to just let everyone kind of be responsible for their own thing, and it could end up being a smart move. I kind yeah. of feel, in a sense, that EA has kind of been doing that the last couple of years here after all the heat they were taking on for and justifiably so for like the microtransaction stuff for Battlefront and uh, FIFA and everything Do you, at least this is something that I've been kind of getting a sense of like you don't really hear about EA anymore you hear about EA Studios like Respawn mm -hmm. are you guys getting yeah. that impression too? yeah very much so um, it's it, it's a weird thing um, I, I don't think any of the people like when when they start out especially even if you're looking at like smaller studios you don't see them going like oh i can't wait to be a big name they're like oh i hope our game makes it right um so they don't expect people to know that your studio is named like squid dick studios or whatever <laughs> um they, they they expect to go, oh, I hope they know the name of our game, you know, Taco Tuesday 4 right. or whatever. Um, it's it just not, uh, I don't think what they, what they intend, and I think it's the same even back then when the bigger companies, the bigger companies now were starting out. I don't think they, they, they intend that. And they're still working in that mentality of us, oh, we're behind the scenes. We're not at the forefront. And it's like, no, you are. You make something that people really enjoy, so they're very much paying attention to every little thing that you do. Um, so now they're like, we need to make less waves. It, it's it's almost like um, a marketing thing. It's a PR thing where they're like, we need to pull, we need them talking less about us and what we're doing right and wrong and more talking about like in this case, they're really pushing the scapegoat as the developer. No, no, look what the developer is doing. Not, not so much us on, you know, uh, like us, um, you know, suits. Right. We're not important. Um, and and that I think is a is a reaction to what they, you know, the the unexpected thing, um, you know, that I mentioned before. But uh, no, and that's what I feel like I've been observing at least recently within the last couple of years here is that I've been noticing that myself. Yeah. Um, but it's, I, I think it's smart that they're um, doing that and they should be less hands-on like how they got to be that much. so hands-on that we don't even have like Bioware anymore. Right. That that's crazy to me. But yeah, Johnny, you're completely right. We in the live stream here. I've been watching the um, trailer that they put out. Yeah, and yeah, really no, big, really no big. Sludgehammer Games, Call of Duty presents, 
nothing. They would have been like, if this was three, two, three years ago, they would have been like, it would have been like a big Activision book flopped right out onto the table here. I mean, you always um, did. You always had the big Activision splash screen, uh, yeah. typically at the beginning of the trailer, and here you don't see it. Yeah, I mean, some of the but worst I've, things that I, I mean, honestly, it's weird that all of my memories of ever interacting with Activision, like as their representatives, have just been super douchey people. Like, it's always been weird. I was not surprised at all that the big Call of Duty party, the last time that I had to go to a, a manager conference with GameStop, was at Kid Rock's bar. <laughs> <laughs> Like nothing felt more fitting than that, so it just it, it's one of those things. So now to finally see them just kind of like want to scrub their name off of stuff, and you know it's still their call to do it, which is what's weird about it. Right? It's, it's kind of like what if we don't, what if we just kind of don't remind people that we're responsible for this? It's like did, people are still gonna. It's not how no, that pe- works. People will forget. People will like yeah, a lot I, will forget. I, I, Some will remember, but the majority will eventually forget. Like, I could definitely see a lot of people going, like, oh, no, I, I'm really, you know, I, you, like, have to buy Diablo 2 Resurrected, right? They're like, well, what about the Activision thing? They're like, what does Activision have to do with Diablo? Like, I can see that, because, like, there's things, like, there's almost, like, little walls that separate things like that. Right. And, and I think that there are people like, no, no, this... It's Sledgehammer. You don't even see Activision on it at all. They're not even... How are they related? And it's like, you know, the the general the general consumer, I don't think, has that has that knowledge. Or if they... And the ones that do, that still are interested, they, you know, could be someone, you know, like me, that knows someone who worked there, that worked hard on it. They, they want to do that. Or they just don't care. There's also that. Um... Oh man, yeah. I stopped here on the end screen where it usually says, you know, says it really big. Has you know yeah. usually has the name and everything really big. Uh, Activision Publishing. <laughs> it says it like in the fine print right at the bottom. Yeah, right. they're they're basically only putting it where they legally have to have it. Exactly. Yeah. And it's funny. The color of the font is a dark gray against black, so it makes it just a little bit more obscure to even try to see it. Versus like the white and gold font that you see for the rest of the stuff that they that they want you to focus on. Got to draw that eye. Um, but if you do end up pre-ordering it, you do get some stuff now for Cold War. So you know, if you're really into that, there you go. Um, so that was one of the uh, announcements um, yeah. that happened. So super exciting to hear that they're going to have a campaign. Um, yeah. Speaking of campaign. Oh, right. Uh, Sorry. Might be. <laughs> I spaced out there That's for a you. moment. You're on. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, there was an announcement this week um, from Joseph Statton, the creatively of Halo Infinite, who I should also... Ad is a veteran of Halo franchise development. He was with it from the beginning to Reach and then uh, left with Bungie and now he's back with Halo Infinite. And that God. there is... Pick a camp, am I right? Huh? I was like, God, pick a camp, am I right? Right. Um, 
he uh, he just announced this week that when Halo Infinite launches, that um, that there will be no co uh, co op for the campaign, and that Forge mode will also not be released with on the launch date as well. They apparently have been citing issues, and that it they're going to try to focus more on just bringing as much of a polished experience for the launch product, and then. They will introduce campaign co-op in Season 2, three months after the main game has launched, and then they'll bring Forge Mode in uh, six months afterwards in Season 3 of their multiplayer experience, is what their current roadmap is for these modes. And with the exclusion of these two modes, it has been bringing up a lot of heat in the Halo community, especially if you look at Reddit. It just... it feels like it's on fire right there and just a lot of people reddit's always on fire true that, that's like that is yeah. that that should be what their logo is like reddit logo shouldn't be the the cute little like robot dude they use for most default <laughs> profile pics it should be the dog in a burning room meme yeah uh, i was thinking more along the lines of uh elmo and the world around him is on fire and his hands are up in the air but uh yeah no i i agree on that but just in the subreddit for hill it feel like things just kind of exploded. Usually, a lot of times, it's uh, people just kind of dissing on what they don't like on Halo 5, but now this has really set them off. And part of it is kind of like rightly so, because Halo Campaign Co-op has been one of the core um, foundations for the franchise. It's something that a lot of people have a lot of cherished memories of doing this, they play the campaign with their friends, either split screen beside each other or online with some of the more re uh, recent titles. But to not have it at launch, people are definitely upset about that. But uh, some of the things that I've been reading, the speculation is that a lot of it is, has to do with the way that the campaign is going to play out. And I believe that it was kind of in... Uh, you could see from the tr the presentation from last year when they announced uh, Halo Infinite that the open it's going to be a lot more open world experience and they're having issues with things like the checkpoint systems they're not able to find a way that's that they've been able to find that works best for the experience and rather than trying to deal with a bunch of bugs they're trying to focus on what they have and trying to get this out the door because this has been already delayed once this uh, for an entire year. It was supposed to be a launch title with the next-gen consoles last year, and now they're trying to make sure that it gets out for the 20-year, by the, somewhere around the 20-year anniversary of the original Xbox and Halo 1. So they're definitely facing a lot of pressure to have that happen. Forge mode, uh, people are also there's a huge community around that because of the potential of making just some of the most amazing and bizarre custom maps that people can come up with that has been a part of the Halo community since it was first introduced back in Halo 3. But personally for me, I remember the Forge mode for Halo always being buggy and weird throughout every single Halo iteration. And this, it, the delay for this mode 
just doesn't seem that surprising to me because I definitely remember a lot of the issues that especially Halo Reach had with their Forge mode. And that was something that I personally did play around a lot with. I There is a 360 somewhere in my house um, that I grew up in that has a file where I remade all of Helm's Deep into a playable map on Halo Reach's Forge World and I need to find it and figure out a way to bring it back uh but just to give an insight of just like my personal experience with forge and just how in the woods i got with the creative process for that but it it seems like they're just trying to focus on getting the game out the door as polished as they possibly can with the core mechanics a good story mode to set up what i believe is supposed to be a continuous updated and added on game for the next several years for the campaign and then a really outstanding uh, multiplayer experience is I believe what they're trying to go after here so naturally when it comes to development some things are going to uh, get cut and it appears here that the co-op and forge mode are is not like they're not coming or at least at this point they're still playing on releasing it it's just not going to be there at launch yeah, I think the multiplayer or the co-op at launch for the single player um, is. I think that's a poor call. Um, yeah, I think I, I think that's going to change people's initial and and you know your an initial impression. That's everything. I think, I think so that's too. Going to change. I think that's going to change um, some ideas. Forge. I, I wouldn't expect Forge to show up right away. Anyway. No. Um, I think uh, that's taking away, if you give them those tools right away, that's taking away from the experience that could have been had by making by them focused on making an experience they want to have. Right. Um, but, I, 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 yeah, I find that weird. I find the, the, the multiplayer, or the um, co-op single-player stuff uh, being axed as, as kind of an odd thing. That is something that I definitely am disappointed to hear that they it won't be there and because i mean it was a state well it is a staple for the halo franchise just uh just like how it is for i would say even in the gears of war franchise another xbox exclusive platform or xbox exclusive franchise um where and we still don't have a release date for this right uh no we still don't have a release date for halo infinite then i'm confused on why they'd bring it up at all my my theory is that they're trying to get ahead of the curve they would rather say it now while they can and rather than waiting any you know a second longer my guess is that the decision probably got finalized this week that like we just can't do it and so they're probably trying to inform the community because of the community led decision well community inspired decisions i guess say um, of the last year to delay the game because the way it looked and the overhauls that they've had to do that they know that the community for Halo is what is going to bring this franchise from uh, you know back into the forefront and yeah I I mean I think the co-op thing they, they I would rather <clears throat> I would rather wait a couple months. I would rather wait two months mm-hmm. and get the co-op with it rather than play it. Or for them to release, you know, okay, here's just the multiplayer portion. The thing that I 
am trying to um, or at least try to make myself remember is we don't they've only slightly touched on what the campaign experience is going to be like and maybe when the can't when this does launch and we can get our hands on the campaign it'll be a little bit more clear as to what issues are going on with co-op of why this particular one was a l harder to try to develop for than say past iterations because the campaign in halo has always been very linear the yeah the maps that you play on are sometimes immense and massive and i encourage you to free roam a bit but the experience itself is still always been a linear experience yeah and i'm wondering still point a and a point b exactly and i'm wondering if in this particular case with what they want to do with halo infinite's campaign that it's not it, it's more open world than what we're realizing and because it's more open world it, that there's creating complications for the co-op experience and that's what i that's my personal input on it that i'm wondering that Maybe. that is why we are seeing this and play out the way that it is yeah, also possibly. like i don't know it just kind of hit me as a, a weird vibe because you know you um jay you had mentioned with forge not being there you know play the multiplayer maps as they were intended to be played um the idea of not having co-op for a campaign at launch maybe play through that that's going to influence way too much how you experience the campaign so at this point you're guaranteed to play the campaign as intended right you know not by having this... one friend show up that's just the ultimate in everything that one shots everything before you have to do anything that just baby steps you through it um to this day, I feel like I might have enjoyed older Halo games a lot more if my very first experience playing Halo 3 wasn't a friend walking me through the game and showing me every broken thing that was in it via co-op <laughs> because I didn't experience anything myself. Right. Mm -hmm. And that and that could also okay. be part of the influence for this decision is that they want... They knew they messed up with the story in Halo 5 by not having it focus on Chief, and it's harder to focus on a singular character in a co-op experience, I believe. Uh, and I think they want to try to bring the the focus back to their um, to Master Chief and his, you know, basically his role in all of this. And maybe that is also part of the reason why that they were okay with not delaying for campaign co-op because they know that they want the story to be more uh, I'm struggling to think of um, the right words to say this but more relatable or more um, cohesive exactly yeah alright well yeah something we'll keep an eye on and you know um, I, I still expect an announcement of an exact date outside of holiday 2021 any day i like i maybe gamescom maybe like what we talked about last be. week there's yeah there's already mad rumors going around right now apparently pringles has a thing that's going to be going on starting mid-september where you'll be able to earn like um stuff to cash in in halo so yeah like little bonus points and stuff, kind of like they do with other multiplayer games every year. Um, there's a con, there's a starts like September fifteenth, but it goes all the way through January of next year. I just found some articles on it, 
So we we'll find out. You no, know, maybe October-ish maybe release date. Who knows? <laughs> Gamescom will probably give us something, though. I wouldn't be surprised. Just like you said, they're getting ahead of the curve with giving us this, so now it won't be that big of news when they at least finally give us a release date. Right, for sure. Um, and uh, the Xbox stream for Gamescom uh, is um, August 24th. Yeah. At, they're, they're, that's 10 p.m. West Coast, so that's 1. Or 10 a.m. West Coast, 1 p.m. East Coast. Yeah, at this, at this point they're tempering expectations, which is a smart move. I think so, yeah. too. But speaking of, uh, you know, cohesive weirdness and uh, cohesive <laughs> thoughts... Let's talk about the opposite. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, social media lit up the other day with uh, just a fun little just a fun little image that popped out on Twitter. And, man, I don't even have the, uh, the image handily available right now. I got it. Um, it's, uh, yeah, just a brick wall, bunch of graffiti... Uh, has the Saints logo and just says rebooting. So uh, looks like we have some Saints Row news coming. Yeah. Um, um, <clears throat> they said uh, August 25th um, at Gamescom opening night live. Uh, so before that, Gamescom, you're going to have the Xbox show uh, on the 24th. The next day is like the opening night live. I think, um, yeah, Microsoft's just been doing that. They did that all year. You know, the big show's here. We're going to do our thing a day before. Well, isn't that kind of how they were doing it with E3 pre-pandemic, too? It was technically the Microsoft Showcase before E3 would start up? I guess I, I guess I always just kind of think, like, they're part of the show. I think... Back in the day. I think, so, like, their stage of announcements was their own entity... But this was yeah. also the point where uh, a lot of places were kind of pulling out. Like, Sony had already said that like, they weren't doing uh, E3 that year or something. And I believe Sony had their own stage. They still were a part of E3, but their announcements were at their own uh, whatever it is that they had. I, sure. I could be completely wrong. Yeah, it, it, that I, sounds right to me. Yeah, I, but I am open to the fact that I'm pro I might be wrong on that statement, too. But yeah, hinting at a reboot. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect here, or you know, are they going oh. to remake the first Saints Row? Um, yeah, it's a big thing. Of, does this mean they're rebooting the series? Does this mean they are, um, you know, if anyone finished Saints Row four? Um, the way that one ended and the way things went there, are they are they rebooting everything based on that? Because Saints Row 4 was really goofy, like, in the Matrix-style weirdness mm -hmm. and superpowers and all the other insanity that happened, but it was the dumbest, weirdest thing in the world that I loved. Um, I... I don't know. I, based on just this aesthetic alone, you know, simple graffiti on a wall... I kind of go back to. I, I feel like they might just be rebooting Saints Row One, um, yeah, giving us a remaster. They've already remastered three to show us that. Um, or what if they do something weird in between? I'm also not surprised at all if they try to do something stupid and tie themselves into a Mobius strip. Um, they've done dumber, weirder shit, and it works. Yeah. Like what if um, this is a what if Saints Row Five is the precursor to Saints Row One, yet it's also still fully linear? Yeah, they're 
yeah, their 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 storyline. I feel like the things that they're doing is like they're just trying to out Saints Row themselves every time, <laughs> and it's I it it would be it would almost be weird for them to do something grounded as rebooting Saints Row One at this point. And not take it to whatever the next level is of of, of just insanity. So, um, hopefully, hopefully we'll uh, in the next few days, uh, probably the day after you guys, if you listen to this live uh, on Monday, um, hopefully tomorrow, you guys will have some answers for that. I just realized that I was in fact wrong about the Xbox statement. It I was thinking of EA that they do their own thing before E3. Xbox is part of E3. EA did their does their own separate thing that is like the day before E3. Yeah, I, I, I know it's been in flux the last couple, especially last two years, yeah. but even before that, you know, people were starting to bow out of taking part in E3 and things like that. So, yeah, it's hard to keep track. We're going to have our own E3 with Blackjack and hookers. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, and 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 one more thing that was not really announced, but kind of announced. Um, we got some new uh, video from WWE 2K22, uh, and they said that it's coming March 2022. This um, looks game looks really like good. Stars. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing. It's nothing like the last thing we got. Um, the characters look really, really realistic and good. The stage and setting, everything looks good. Now let's see if they can marry and give some some good gameplay. Um, give some of those fan features to win back a little bit of the um, good faith that, that they lost. I mean, Johnny, I know you know how it is. People would come in. Some of those people that you would see come in for their yearly sports game. WWE people were some of those people. Every oh, yeah, they still are. Um, I still remember a few years ago, like... The last couple big collector's editions they did came with, like, a piece of the mat or, like, a piece of fucking Ric Flair's robe and other dumb, weird (laughs) shit that people would lose their minds over. Speaking of blackjack and hookers. Yeah, right? Uh, (laughs) He was trending the other day. (laughs) He was trending the other day on Twitter. He was training the other day, too. Oh, God. Yeah, he was. (laughs) That was was, That was something. Um, so weird but yeah uh, you know we'll, we'll see what they got hopefully they learned um, you know hopefully they've learned something about making what their audience wants um, I'm not holding my breath but hopefully hopefully alright um, actually this next one was the, kind of the last minute ad uh, the Quake Remastered. Um, yeah. Got some news from QuakeCon there. I dropped this on here because uh, QuakeCon hasn't even, like, actually happened yet, right? Like, it's about to? Has it? I, I don't thought, fucking... I, thought, I don't pay attention. I don't remember anymore. Either way, um, I woke up to some sad news the other day, only to find out that um, I'm supposed to be going to Riot Fest next month, and Nine Inch Nails just canceled all the rest of their shows they're playing the rest of this year, which is a huge bummer. And then, a little bit later in the day, random news dropped that Quake just got remastered out of nowhere. Um, the reason that's a big deal is because Trent Reznor did all the music for Quake. So it's really just another Nine Inch Nails soundtrack, which is yeah. perfect. I'll take it. Um, it did wrap. It wrapped uh, Wrapped up yesterday. Okay. 
Yeah, it was a very quick, like, it just, it was a, a quick one. They just, out of nowhere, though, Quake Remastered. All the Quake games are on, well, Quake 1, 2, and 3 are on Game Pass. Um, yep. If you already own the original Quake, you get the updated, like, remastered version for free, which surprisingly does look a lot better. Um, 4K, yeah. widescreen, um, enhanced models, dynamic color and lighting, anti-aliasing, depth of field, 120 FPS, and achievements. Um, so, yeah, um, it's Quake. I know a lot of people still love old school Doom. Doom definitely got things to where it needed to be, but Quake is what blew it all up. Um, I don't. I feel like we wouldn't have modern day first person shooters if it weren't for both of those. Um, it's really hard for people to to. It's really easy for people to forget that Quake was that middle ground that got us to where we are now. Sure. Doom showed so, yeah. us what we could do, and Quake showed us how much better we can make it. Is that up right now? Yeah. Um, on, on Game Pass? Yeah. Rad, rad. Mm-hmm. Um, Quake 1 and 2. I saw. I just looked it up on their app and saw that it's available. I think 3 is on there as well, but it's only on PC. Okay. Interesting. Cool. Um, and then the last bit of news, probably the biggest thing that happened uh, across this last... Well, I don't know biggest thing that happened across this last week um it was probably the longest thing that happened across this last week it was half an hour long um it was the uh pre-recorded pokemon presents uh like pokemon direct um and they just kind of dove right in right away um talking about pokemon unite uh, the mobile version uh releasing september 22nd you can pre-register now um and get some extras um I am not really interested, but I'm going to download it anyway. Oh, um, I'll definitely give it a shot here. Yeah, yeah, I, I already have the pre-registration already set up, um, so you know, we'll see. We'll we'll, we'll see what that's all about. I've um, I've heard I'm that people always... who have been playing it have been getting really into it, and it's definitely piqued my curiosity. So I'll definitely give it. Yeah, it's been I'm going just, really well. Um, they already nerfed, I believe they already nerfed Snorlax pretty hard, and then they just added a new character, or new playable recently that was very unexpected. I think it was Blissey it just got added. Um, this is my oh, problem, yeah. is I'm the I'm the big fucking Pokemon nerd. So, um, yeah. I know who you're talking about. I, I, I want... <laughs> I, I want them to have, like... I, I, I don't know, it, it's probably not possible but it would be awesome to be able to have a lot of pokemon in here like the majority of pokemon All in this. it's about or it's a um um it's like league of legends right it's a moba right it's or am i reading that wrong no you're you're correct it's a very in, like entry level moba yeah like okay. my first moba is what i've heard explained of it they already have snorlax Give us and they already thing. had to nerf Snorlax hardcore. <laughs> Give us the same thing, both no thing. Dude, this guy Just... looks like he's a Pokemon professor. Like I'm ready for him to offer me my starter. Yeah, um, they dove into uh, Pokemon Cafe Remix, um, which is already out now. You can already pick that guy up. Um, the biggest thing that this was all geared towards was they were building up to talk to us more about uh, Pokemon diamond and pearl um 
Because, yeah, they showed us a bunch of stuff about the mobile games that no one cares about. I mean, yeah. a few people care about them, but, like, there are not people playing those like crazy. Um, the biggest yeah, deal, they, though, is they give us a lot of new Diamond and Pearl content for the games coming up. Um, yeah, the first probably, like, six or seven minutes uh, of this, uh, like, 27-minute thing um, was mobile. But after that, it focused literally on, I guess, technically three games. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, the um, Diamond and Pearl, uh, just showing that off, it's growing on me. They've added a lot um, of changes to it. Um, this this I, video showed that you can change your character's costume, like your outfit yeah. stuff now, which is really yeah. cool. Um, you can less excitingly tweak what your Pokemon, your Pokeball looks like as it explodes when the Pokemon pops out of it. Um, mm-hmm. You get your Pokemon following you around on the overhead map, which I'm still a huge fan of. They kept that from let's get, from the Let's Go games and the Heart Gold Soul Silver games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the biggest changes they mentioned is that the uh, the underground world you used to get to go to um, when you would go fossil hunting and stuff in Diamond and Pearl is back, but it's more of a, a big free roam kind of area. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds more, me of a safari zone. Yeah, it's a lot more like it's it's a lot more like the wild area was in um, Sword and Shield, from what they're saying. Yes, um, and you can you can uh, encounter specific Pokemon you won't find elsewhere down there. So there's going to be reason to you know go go and explore that area. And I am very excited to see like I'm very excited to see the costume changes because they are doing the diff- the thing where like your overworld character looks different than your in battle character. So mm-hmm. I'm very, very excited for that. Um, but I'm very pumped to go, like, fossil hunting and jewel hunting again. This was, like, one of my favorite things I did in, in Old School Diamond and Pearl. You can set your secret base up again, and I, I hope you can still invite friends over to it because that was one of the coolest things ever, was sharing okay. secret base codes with people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely a lot, um, a, a lot of stuff going on with... Uh, with that, and they also went on to mention that um, it was going to be so. Uh, was it Pokemon Home support was going to be yeah. available? Yeah, for yeah, Pokemon well. Home, so you'd be able to move Pokemon around from other games, and and you know, for a lot of people that don't remember the old school, having to trade between two different systems and all that fun stuff, um, being able <laughs> to come up into the server, yeah. it was, but it was a pain in the ass I, if you I had both games it. and didn't have two Game Boys. Right, right. But, you know, if you had one other friend, I think that was the thing that I always tried to do was, okay, cool, I'm getting this edition. What edition are you getting? And then, you know, that kind of, like, back and forth. Like, I I had a handful of friends, so there was always a handful that had this one and a handful that had that one that were all interested. Um, So, I don't know. I I kind of like that, where you had to, like, especially the link cable. Like I don't, it was it was silly and a pain in the ass, but it kind of it, memorable. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with all the old Pokemon games. I had a lot of fun with that stuff. Diamond and Pearl were the ones I kind of don't remember that much of. Um, I will say Black and White and Diamond and Pearl are the ones that I don't that I barely remember. So I am excited to play through these ones again. Um, I'm going to be getting the double pack because I don't know which one I want to start with yet. Um, but I do have some friends that um, in one of the discords I'm in that are going to be playing through all the, playing through them as well. So we're going to kind of set up weekly like battle check-ins and stuff like that. And I'm very excited to do like a, a community play with something like Pokemon, where we can actually I'd play with that. each other and battle each other every like once a week just to to kind of gauge each other's teams. 
Um, of course, set proper rules like no legendaries and stuff like that. But sure. the way battling the way battling is nowadays, where you're you can like sync up your levels to like you know no matter what level your Pokemon is now it's level fifty and the stats are balanced mm -hmm. properly. Um, there's definitely ways to do it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm also excited to see how well Cynthia, the former or the Dragon type trainer, is going to do because I th I believe they're keeping Fairy type in here. I think they're giving us the Fairy type still, um, even though that didn't actually happen until later. Yeah, right, right. Which will completely yeah. break the Dragon Gym or the Dragon Trainer. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that'll be interesting. Um, I wonder. I don't know. I don't think they could set up like restrictions or anything, but. Yeah, well, uh, well, we'll see. We'll see how some of the changes, more recent changes, not recent, but, you know, more recent than Diamond and Pearl will affect the ecosystem. Well, this will be um, new for me because I Diamond and Pearl was actually one of the iterations I just flat out missed. Um, so I'm actually kind of excited because this will be all a whole new experience for me overall. Yeah, I, I straight up, I, I straight up skipped it. Uh, like... I don't know. Um, I don't know why. I bought Diamond uh, at launch, and I just I played through it and just never went back. Um, yeah, I, I got rid why. of it. Was it was one where the generation just didn't stick out to me as well. So I think right. with some of these quality of life changes, it's going to catch me again, and I'm going to have a lot more fun with it. For Especially sure. having that, people to play with. I think that was a problem I had back then, is I had no one to play it with. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to pick this up, so we could probably change that. Um, um, and then they showed us. Uh, well, they did show off the system as well. They showed yeah. off the. Light. We're getting a new Switch Lite. Um, a Releasing the same day. Of course, it's not going to come with the games. That's just <laughs> normal for Nintendo. Um, but if you don't have a Switch Lite and are eyeballing one and like special edition stuff, this one does look kind of neat. Um, I don't need another Switch Lite. We have two in the house right now. Normally, I would geek out over special edition stuff. But Diamond and Pearl not being my favorite gens, this don't have me on a special edition as bad. Yeah, it's the standard, um, like, all uh, black console on the back. They have... Um, Dialga and Palkia. Almost like, yeah, Dialga and Palkia, uh, like, almost in, like, a gold and silver etching on the back. Um, or maybe this supposed to represent Diamond and Pearl? I don't know. Uh, but... That's out there. Coming out same day if you don't have one. Um, and then right after that, they jumped into... Uh, the big news. The, 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 big, the reason that I think a lot of us, a lot of people were tuning in, that you know they wanted more information on um, Pokemon Arceus. Arceus. Yeah, the new open action adventure, also still turn-based RPG, like... This game's gonna be, it's gonna it's gonna shake things up a lot, and this video kind of helped nail that down and show us exactly how much stuff's changing. Yeah, it, um, I, I still I still am not a hundred percent sure on what what my feeling is on this because it does feel like it does actually feel a little bit more like like Sword and Shield was really really cool. This feels like. A little bit more grounded version of that. This is uh, from. I, I I don't know. After after all this video stuff was done, when people were talking about it more, um, it originally got looked at as more of like a Breath of the Wild style Zelda game. 
but now people yeah. are really comparing it more to like Monster Hunter, and I still don't know how to feel about that. Um, right, that's exactly where I'm at. I'm like, I I like I like what I'm seeing. I'm very excited. For will this. I get it? Yeah. Um, right. Will I enjoy it? I don't know yet. Um, it's different because, enough. Yeah, like Sword and Shield, I was very excited. I was like, that is a day one purchase. I, I loved it. Played through the whole thing, and I expected to keep playing that for a very long time. And I did. I played it for a little bit. I didn't play it nearly as long as I thought I would. That was the same story for me, too. I expected to play Sword and Shield for a long time. I ended up being able to complete the um, their, the Pokedex specific for Sword and Shield, but I actually I bought the DLC, but I never played them. The DLC yeah. for Sword and Shield, I feel like, just came out too late. It was mm-hmm. too gapped out. Um, it came a little bit late to make you like already be completely done with the game. I did like that if you started a new game and went into the DLC, it was still balanced uh, based on what you were doing. But I still never went back and fully enjoyed it. Um, what I do love about this so far, though, is you got to remember these games take place in the past. Um, mm-hmm. These take place way before um, Diamond and Pearl, but they take place in the same region for the most part. Right. So we're seeing versions of Pokemon exist here, like a Stantler Evolution, a, another variant on Growlithe, and we're also seeing, um, I think it was Braviary had an alternate um, evolution path that we were seeing that was looked, like, looked like it was a psychic flying type. Um, and that ridiculous big fish. So we're seeing some really cool new Pokemon here, but the sad news is, well, these games take place way before the current ones, so those guys are pretty much extinct at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the evolution hasn't really happened for them yet. Um, So, you know, I, I think that's a smart way of limiting the Pokedex. I do kind of like the idea that they're going with as well of adding some depth of um, the two styles that, that they showed off. They have, um, I think it's strong and agile. I think those are the two that they showed off. Um, and when they were kind of talking about it, um, you know, they described the agile style as being able to do multiple hits, not as much damage, uh, but being able to not, you know, hit hit multiple times um and there's a turn order uh as standard turn base um if you're going with agile style you'll see that you'll be able to um attack more frequently uh, but if you go a strong style that's really for like okay i think i can knock this thing out in one hit yeah it's like they're definitely leveling the the turn based battle system up from what it always was which was just simple oh my speed's better than yours here i go um almost right. taking it to more like an active time battle system like all the Final Fantasy games were it kind of feels you yeah know, have your um, have your turn gauge fill faster versus shorter stuff like that yeah um they have uh and one thing that worried me was when we first saw this game they they were not showing off any sort of like battle no they weren't it was and, and that was very very worrisome but this this video they showed off a lot of battle how that works how you actively are running around like you said johnny breath of the wild style you're trying to avoid yourself getting hit by enemies at this point which is crazy yeah and and you can chuck a pokeball out there 
and then the battle starts. Yeah, so um, you can get sneak attacked if you're not careful. Like, a Pokemon yeah. come tackling at you, and if you don't dodge out of the way and throw a Pokeball out there in time to save yourself, it almost feels more like you're actually... It almost feels more like the TV show. Like, like right. yeah, you're in the wild. You know, they, like, it, it, it's like if, you, if they dropped you in, like, the middle of, like, I don't know, a zoo or something, you know? There's things that, if you're not paying attention, that could, like hit you from you know from behind before you even have a chance to uh you know like escape or even prepare yourself for battle so that's really really um really exciting i am um, angry though that i have to deal with like three of my favorite starters <laughs> yeah because that's that's totally the route that i would always go um now golden silver i didn't always take syndical i usually took totodile but syndical really grew on me in later games um, so having to go between Rowlet, Cyndaquil, and Oshawott is the worst. I'll probably go yeah. Rowlet myself. That was a that was a favor of mine from uh, Sun and Moon. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I that's one thing that I will always comment on. I'll always say, "Oh yeah, I want. I, I'm probably gonna go with this." Like in my mind, I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna go with Oshawott." Um. I and then I I get to sitting down and starting the game up and playing it for the first time and it's not I never I always end up going with something else random um, but yeah it, it is I, I, boy. I, I don't know what to expect um, I wonder if from the overall game but I'm very excited for whatever it is I wonder if for like some of the moves um, where it would cause the Pokemon to run away if like your Pokemon could actually potentially just flat out run away. Whoa, whoa! This is weird because I'm actually the more you look at it, the more stuff you notice. Like that's clearly um, the 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 wheezing variant that we got in the later games. Um, as oh, the smoke with the top stacks hat? on the building. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So like it's weird to see stuff that we're just now getting, but also see that it did exist way back then. Huh. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, uh, a, a lot to unpack with that. I recommend going to check out the Pokemon Presents. Um, that one happened it's... August eighteenth. If you haven't seen it yet, um, like I said, the uh, more like twenty minutes of this twenty-seven minute thing is all just on Diamond and Pearl, and then Legends Arceus. So I think this is actually going to be the first Pokemon game where our professor isn't going to be a Bay like people freaked out about all the other professors and I don't think people are going to freak out about this one as much. Who, which one's the professor? Um, um, oh, I just showed him a few. It was the dude with like the stubble around his face. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, which one's the professor? Uh, because they've shown off so many different yeah, characters. He has like a purple uh, hat on. Professor Laventon. He has like the, yeah, it's, it's purple, weird. Purple, purple poofball hat. Yeah, that's yeah. him. Okay. Man. Even the Pokeballs look rad. Yeah, like, like Steam Tech. Yeah, like old school something. And oh. it looks like you're crafting them. You're actually using acorns and stuff to craft them, which is what um, we experienced back in Gold and Silver that Kurt did. was always there making Pokeballs. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Um, I, I just want to keep watching this video. But um, that's pretty much the show. That's all we got. Um, if you guys get the chance, head over to facebook.com backslash Inc. Check out all the top news and video game stuff over there. Follow us on Twitter at Mammoth Games Inc. So you know when we go live, do junk just like this. Uh, for Mammoth Games Inc., 
Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Jay. With me, as always, got Johnny. Yup, yup. And Brian. Take care of yourselves out there. Have a good one, guys.